Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Return to Tassie. Your Tassie is where you're from. You sneak off like a tiger, but you come back. You sail around the world, see the other side. But all the traveling you've done to get away just brings you home. You come back to Tassie, you come back. Don't deny it, you couldn't stay away You come back to Tassie, you come back To your little home in Liffey, yippee The golden hills of Swansea Cradle in the sky The wild where the Franklin River roars Or is it the little towns The friendliest in the world Or the memories of the good old folks That bring you home Cause you come back To Tassie you come back Don't deny it you couldn't stay Return to Tassie If Tassie is where you're from You sneak off like a tiger But you come back You sail around the world To see the other side But all the travelling you've done To get away Just brings you home You come back To Tassie you come back Don't deny it, you couldn't stay away You come back, to Tassie you come back To your little home in
3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan, with Sally, first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon, Australian Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people and any First Nations people around the world tuning in and we acknowledge that all the lands on this continent and surrounding islands were stolen and never ceded. I'm Sally Goldner. I use the pronouns she, her. I'm your post host for Out of the Pan, as opposed to your post from Out of the Hand, said Professor Spooner. And we are a show covering pan issues in that we know no boundaries of queer, sex, gender, genre or sex characteristics. And um, there's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can do so on Out of the Pan 855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456751215. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And look for posts on Facebook on my page, Sally Goldner AM and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. Remember, all opinions on this program are my own and not those of any organisation with which I've been associated in the past or in the present, which leads today to a declaration that um, I'm a volunteer advisor to the organisation Just Equal Australia a membership-based national LGBTIQA plus advocacy group. Don't think there'll be any content warnings apart from, of course, um, the topic of our discussion, or two topics. Uh, one is a survey that uh, of LGBTIQA plus and allied communities put uh, that Just Equal Australia conducted, and the results are now available. And we opened up with John Williamson, and you can come you come back to Tassie because we're also going to talk a bit, um, about a survey on behalf. Um, um, initiated on behalf of Equality Tasmania about life in general for rainbow Tasmanians. To do that talking, um, and later, later on in the show, we'll have a double header episode of the, from the crew from Pacific X. But to do the talking on behalf of Just Equal Australia and Equality Tasmania, my pleasure to welcome to 3CR, Ange Dwyer. Ange, welcome. Thank you, Sally. It's really great to be here with you today. Thank you. A pleasure. And can I... Um, ask two things. Can I ask which land land or lands you are on and if it's okay to ask which pronouns you use, if any? Absolutely. I come from uh, the Wurundjeri lands today, uh, so similar area to you, and um, my pronouns are she, her. Excellente. Um, yep, we're both on uh, Wurundjeri lands today. Let's start. Um, there's this. There may have, our listeners may have heard there's a federal election going on, and some listeners, well, may not have wanted to have heard because they've tuned out for various reasons, including people in our communities. And I don't blame anyone for tuning out on that. But um, you know, um, we need to know where our party. You know, what what are the first of all? What are the issues that are important? To LGBTIQ plus Australians, I'm going to go with Rainbow Australians and allies overall, and then specifically, which is really important as well. And Just Equal has conducted a survey about that. How many people responded and what sort of things came up, I suppose, are the first two questions. Yeah, so we did pretty well with our um, our sample in the survey. We had uh, about 2,000 180 participants that yep. told us what they wanted uh, 
politicians to do with this next election, which was fantastic. We had, um, I think the survey took about 15 minutes, so not a huge number of questions. And, of course, the questions were just focused on what what were your priorities as uh, part of this particular type of community that they were, they were part of um, uh, to, to tell the folks in those political roles what they wanted in terms of support um, and so forth. So, for instance, we had uh, about... 45% identifying as uh, men, 43% identifying as women, 7% non-binary um, and 4% as sort of other, which is gender fluid, agender, that sort of stuff. But we also had 13% of trans and gender diverse and non-binary folks all up, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and 1%, about 23 folks were intersex, which was just fantastic. And we had a good, good set of um, like it was quite diverse too. We had uh, about 8% of folks that come from cultural and uh, linguistically diverse backgrounds and 2% were Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. So we did we did pretty well. We also asked allies too. Mm. So this is it's important to note that there's there's quite a few allies that are that have contributed to this survey. So about 21% of our survey were allies. I think that's important because, yes, we need to know what L- rainbow overall and particular subgroupings, if I can put it almost that crudely, of thinking and feeling. But we need allies to do it. We can't do it all by ourselves. And I think having giving them a chance to ha- have a say and see what their understanding of the issues is helpful. Was there much, we'll say, divergence from allies to those identifying as part one or more parts of rainbow communities? Not really. It was pretty. It was pretty clear that I think, um, and this is something that came out of my research that I did in Tassie that we're going to talk about yep. later, is that it's it's not just the voices of those rainbow communities who are saying this is what um, these communities need. It, it's also the allies who are very clearly saying the same things as as the rainbow communities, which is really it's really heartening to know that we've got so much support in the communities around us. Yeah, well, definitely we do need that. And the more um, cisgender, heterosexual, endosex allies we have, you know, it lightens the emotional and time burdens and all those sorts of things that we know that um, queer people face. And I just also think the fact that there has been such a strong response from transgender, diverse, non-binary and intersex shows how much those, I'll say, two groupings are feeling perhaps... Somewhat left behind, and of course, tra- yeah. you know, I hate to mention it, but trans people have faced so much nonsense in the last six six weeks or so. And I do want to, I'll, before the end of the program, I want to just, um, um, send a message to our, particularly our, uh, to all our queer listeners, but particularly trans. Um, but let's dive into some findings um, on the equality, just equal Australia, sorry, um, surveys. Um, what sort of issues came out as priorities, I'll say, for most or all of the rainbow? Um, what sort of things did people want to see happen? Um, if you yeah. know, we were the benign dictators, as they say, um, what would um, what are sort of things that we want? Yeah, absolutely. I think. Um... The, the top ones that were priorities were absolutely uh, uh, law reform 
um, and funding programs. They're probably, they, they share the, the top level priorities. And the law reform is, is specifically looking at um, removing exemptions in national discrimination mm. law that allow discrimination against LGBTQIA people, uh, particularly by faith-based organisations such as schools, hospitals, um, charities, uh, social services, those, those types of things. They, folks in these communities feel a lot of trepidation around engagement with those uh, types of organisations. Again, something that came out of my research just in Tassie alone. Um, so it's unsurprising, this, this particular uh, outcome. So this was ranked first by our samplers saying this is absolutely crucial that we get this type of law reform happening. Right alongside that, was equal rights and protections for all families in federal law, regardless of whether or not they were um, they were part of those rainbow com- communities mm. or whether their children were part of those uh, rainbow communities. So they were the two top law reforms, removing exemptions around a discrimination, uh, allowing discrimination based on faith and um, protections for all family in federal law. Yep. So, and... On the other side of that, which was also ranked first, is funding. And that's, I, I guess, unsurprising, right, Sally? That there's, yeah. there's a lot of people who are saying that funding's really important. So absolutely, number one was improving uh, safety and inclusion in schools for LGBTIQ um, plus folks. Uh, and that was ranked first by rainbow communities and allies. Absolutely important idea for these folks right across the spectrum which is really again it's very heartening to know that we've got so much support in the community um, around us and then the number two funding area that really needed work was uh, looking at inclusive and appropriate aged care facilities so older folks um, this is ranked second by older folks who are part of those rainbow communities Mm -hmm. They're feeling a lot of um, anxiety and trepidation around being able to gain access to those safe spaces um, and making sure that those safe those spaces are appropriate. And again, this was something that was leading in our, our priorities in Tasmania too in the other survey that I did. Yep. I think, and just to comment on the things so far, that whilst there is minor, you know, the um, in terms of funding programs, the... Um, improving LGBTIQA plus safety and inclusion in schools on funding was ranked number one by both Rainbow and Allies, which makes sense. In most of the others, while there's some minor differences, like going back to the exemptions in discrimination law, Rainbow put that first, Allies second. But it's totally logical that um, family members and allies would say they want equal rights and protections for families in federal law and put that first. But overall, it does seem, you know, there's it's all pretty close and... Um, you know, there's obviously lots of other things that um, need to happen. Um, you know, I, um, we'll say the, the the other semi-finalist in terms of legal priorities was a national ban on so on so-called conversion therapies, which yeah. of course we know is are just so um, harmful and painful. Um, but the good thing about um, um, you know, there's also um, you know, there both groups. Um, I just I'll mention this one. Um, put said that we need LGBTIQA plus policy groups in federal government agencies. Um, mm. Also, high ranking for an equality minister and equality commissioner, um, which are needed, and mechanisms to consult. And I think that's really important. And I'm going to le- use that. I wish we had time to go through this in so much detail. Um, I want to get to 
meant, you know, we touched on this a moment ago, that trans and intersex in particular have felt erased. I know as a bi person at the so-called Candidates Forum 10 days ago, there wasn't one mention of bi-specific issues, but also we have a solid enough percentage of our communities who identify as ace, being asexual and aromantic. And I want to spend a little bit of time on each of those, and I'll go through them in the order they are in the report. Let's start with um, trans and gender diverse people who had, in terms of the specifics there, um, it's probably no surprise which one came out at number one. <laughs> yes, yes, it's not not surprising at all. Um, and again, these are really, uh, really, really important areas of focus for these folks. Without a doubt, the thing that came out number one was Medicare funding for gender uh, gender affirmation processes for for trans and gender diverse people. It was ranked first by trans women, trans men, uh, non-binary folks, and by respondents in general. Again, we can see this is not just coming from mm. trans folks um, and gender queer folks; it's coming from allies in the community saying it's just not good enough that our system has. Uh, um, a Medicare system that supports so many other people in so many other ways um, and we continue to refuse to uh, support these folks in one of the most important parts of their lives, which is ensuring that they they have access to procedures, whatever those procedures are that they choose, that makes them feel comfortable, happy and safe within themselves in order to be able to live their lives uh, to the fullest possible extent in a happy way. Um, their happiness really, really depends on this Medicare funding. And it is, I think, it's a blot on the Australian political landscape mm. that we haven't yet enabled this to happen for these folks. Absol- well, absolutely. You'll get my naturally my full agreement on that. And if Medicare is a universal healthcare system, it's not being uni- mm. it's not universal for the trans universe. Not at all. Um, no. Second um, was... Um, you know, one that's really important for our trans minors who, of course, have sadly been subject to so much misinformation over the last six years and particularly the last six weeks or a few months. And that's a really important one in terms of transition for minors. Um, and tell us a little bit about um, access to transition services for children. Yeah, so this was one that, um, again, um, folks were very, uh, very adamant about the fact that they they needed it. They really do need better quality uh, services and more of them. There are a lot of uh, young people that are questioning their uh, gender and they don't have a lot of support a lot of the time simply because there is not enough services. They have to wait huge amounts of time to gain access to those services They can sometimes feel really uncomfortable about doing that because um, their parents might not be supportive. They need to be able to access services where they can just walk in and chat and, um, and, and they don't have to wait that long for those types of things. They need to be able to get access to hormone blockers, for example, if that's something that they're comfortable with. They should not have to wait years, even months, for these types of services when we know that that contributes to, a lot of the time, suicide of these young people. It is absolutely crucial. It is life-saving support that we need to make available to those young people so that we can ensure that their mental health is best supported. Yep. And just a couple of things there. I mean, if there is anything distressing in that conversation, um, um, QLife, including Switchboard in Victoria and Tasmania, 1800 184527 and Rainbow Door, 1800 729 367. And um, 
know, I think one of the other things that can happen is not only are there massive delays, then you, if it's not a well-known service, you walk in and then you end up being the trans educator against your will. Um, mm. And that sort of leads into what I think was the third priority for trans, which is a national public education strategy, which would cross over into these two health issues, educating health professionals about basics of general practice as well as specific yeah. issues. But a group that um, well, you know, sort of gets even less attention than trans, and sometimes sadly suffers from the inaccurate um, misin- the misinformation and inaccuracy from those who would oppose us all, um, and their issues get misrepresented. Um, people of intersex experience, and well, I, again, it sounds like no surprise, but let's let's ask it: what was the number one priority um, for people of intersex experience and respondents in general? Yeah, it was absolutely the um, legislative prohibition of unconsented and deferrable medical interventions. So when a young person is born, there are decisions that are often made by medical practitioners, unfortunately, where um, when they're still babies where in, and young people, where the young person doesn't have, mm. it was assumed, I would, I would say, to not have the capacity to consent. If these decisions are made, um, particularly when they're very, very young, um, in order to, you know, align their uh, physical structures with notions of gender, uh, and it does happen without those young people's consent. Now we understand that there's circumstances where, there's stuff that might need to happen that can't be deferred, for example, in order to focus on function, but there are a lot of unconsented, deferrable medical interventions which are absolutely against the human rights of these young people and children Mm. where we can be taking a much more supportive approach and ensuring that they have support until such a time as they can um, consent to any medical procedures that they'd like to have. So this is absolutely something that we need to look towards around legislative prohibition. And again, I'll say in, in terms of Australia, we're kind of behind the eight ball on this. There are a lot of other countries that have taken steps to do this and uh, we, uh, we, we should absolutely be doing this as a matter of urgency. Like I don't mm. understand why this is not being done to date. Yeah, I, I to- totally agree. I mean, we've got, Un, un, well, enough evidence almost sounds too cold a word. We have the life experience of older intersex people. We don't need another generation coming through in this way. We need to stop this now. And it is part yeah. of <clears throat> other critical healthcare issues for people of intersex experience, um, being intersex-led healthcare reform across the, from yeah. on the lifetime from the proverbial cradle to grave and ending genetic inter, um, screening against intersex traits. But yeah. there are two other groups um, in just um, you know equally important um, in our um, in the survey. The B said this bipan person. Um, what was the um, number one strategy or number one wish for um, the bi plus communities? Yeah, as part of that um, bipan um, group, it's so so very important to me and other people, just like you, Sal. Uh, it's a national public education strategy. Uh, to try and raise awareness around what it means to be bi or pan um, and address specific issues that are being faced by um, bi and pan folks amongst the general population broadly. I would suggest the rainbow communities, Mm. but most importantly, um, service providers. Service providers, just they are completely invisible to service providers. Mm. 
in so many different ways and it can be really, really challenging just in the uh, comments that people make um, when you are talking about your medical history. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can experience a lot of biphobia from different types of rainbow communities as well. There's still be- simply because, you know, role models don't appear in media they're not taught about these things in schools. Young people just have no understanding of what it means to be bi or pan uh, right well into their sort of teens and late adulthood. So I think we've got a lot of work to do in that respect, just as we do around having conversations around uh, trans uh, and non-binary folks and intersex folks. These things are not talked about in schools anywhere yet. And it is Again, it is, it's is—it's total blight on our systems yeah. when we think about that in terms of education and medical care. Yeah. There's so much more we need to be doing around training. Well, ab- absolutely, you'll get every agreement with me on that, <laughs> again, obviously. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think that whilst lots more younger people are coming out, there just isn't the support structures in place absolutely. and the information. There's lots of, you know, there's bits and pieces going to schools, but it needs to be... Um, you know, sort of across the board and not piecemeal. And, Absolutely. you know, the other two, prior, second and third, they're funding peer-led by organisations um, and funding social and health research that looks um, specifically with all the centre of the intersection, as I called it, by last but not least, um, A for A for ACE um, and a sort of similar-ish here going on. What was the number one there? Yeah, ranked number one by ACE uh, folks and by allies across some of the communities was without a doubt info about um, asexuality being included in sex education at school because we literally, again, it's another area where it's not discussed in any way, shape or form. Um, And I would suggest that this also needs to happen with medical practitioners as well. A general awareness across those types of um, medical and schooling areas is is of absolute importance for, for ACE folks. Yep. The survey also covered, just to wrap up, the Equality, Just Equal Australia survey. <laughs> Similar names in our communities. Who'd have thunk it? Um, you know, th- um, other sort of intersections um, in covering training of disability workers, including healthcare of NDIS staff. 74% of rainbow people living with a disability, 68% of carers said that was important so that we understand that intersectionality. Many other... Mm-hmm. Um, I think it all sort of flows from this idea of education for a lot of this. Um, and also, as you mentioned, seniors um, you know, needing support. There was huge support for a federal LGBTIQA plus commissioner, but um, one that has to be a statutory appointment, not a political appointment, so we don't get a political hack from either side. Uh, not that those last few words were used in the survey. That's not survey language. Even my stats B1 from 1984 remembers that. Um, and people, you know, large, some pretty, at least a majority, um, strongly in favour, alone on strongly in favour, but 84%, 85% wanting either strongly in favour or in favour of having a community panel helping to oversee the recruitment. And I think that understanding the intersectionality is so important. So, and, um, I'll say at that point, you know, what a comprehensive piece of research and thanks for your research skills and all the people at Just Equal who set up the survey. But let's, um, you know, sort of hone in on Tasmania, switching to your Equality Tasmania hat. Um, We want to keep people in Tassie and have visitors coming back to Tassie as per the 
um, title of our first song from John Williamson from um, way back in the late 90s. But um, what sort of things came out? Um, hello to our listeners in Tasmania, by the way. Um, what sort of things came out of that um, research as well on life for rainbow Tasmanians? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, we did a we did a large uh, survey. It's actually the largest of the LGBTIQ plus community in Tasmania that's ever been done. Ooh. We had 825 respondents, which is really exciting. It's very clear that communities down there want to tell the government uh, what's going on in their lives and how to improve it. This was research that was funded by the Department of um, Communities, uh, funded UTAS, so myself and Ruby Grant and a couple of other fab folks, Ash Barnes and Ron Mason, all came together to do this work. Um, and, uh, yeah, we did, we did really well. We had, for example, we had um, about an average age of 36. We had a really good representation of older folks too. Good. Um, trans and non-binary people, uh, uh, a quarter of them, to, uh, of the folks who were part of our survey described wow. themselves as trans and non-binary. So great representation of those folks. And we had 2.5% of folks who were intersex as well. So we were very, very excited about, about these um, results. So we had a lot of people that talked about having good stuff happening in Tasmania as LGBTIQ uh, folks who are living in Tasmania. Um, it's a, a really great welcoming uh, environment. Um, the Tasmanian community is very close-knit and they talked about how there's uh, socialising, recreational and advocacy opportunities for those folks around them in that community, which is just, it's, it's amazing. And I guess the overall sense we got is that Tassie has done some really great work, right, um, building legislative protections and support in particular. We have, I would arguably say, the best anti-discrimination laws in, uh, mm-hmm. in Australia at the moment, and it has been described as a gold standard uh, by other folks in different parts of Australia. And those, um, those, the general sense was we've done great work, but we've still got a fair way to go, mm. right? We've got we've got a lot of experiences of stigma and discrimination, um, particularly in schools, uh, particularly in public places for trans and non-binary folks, for example, um, and in medical settings. That was something that came up unsurprisingly. That these were these were um, major concerns. So. The broad priorities were absolutely schools and education, healthcare, mental health, a focus on uh, workplaces to a lesser extent. Um, policing had a few issues that needed to be ironed out. And uh, most overall also feeling safe in public places. This mm. was still a concern for, for folks in Tasmania. But, you know, that's, that's not surprising at all. Yeah, there's a few things that come out of that. If a small pun first, I'm going to argue about your word arguably because I I say very warmly I think you've got lots of great anti-discrimination laws and your trans birth certificate laws are you know mm-hmm. at the top of the proverbial league ladder. Um, they're the um, you Absolutely. know um, and well done on that. And hopefully after the Victorian state election this year we can upgrade here. For example. Blow a blow a nice breeze across um, across yes. um, you know send it across in the um, spirit of Tasmania or something um, pun absolutely in, pun intended there, but it's um, also you know that you talk about safety you know we're getting some of the legislative reform but there's still that just day to day life stuff that's going on. The one thing that might have 
struck me was there difference, say, between the two larger um, cities, Hobart and Launceston, compared to other yeah. areas like Queenstown or Burnie yeah. or wherever else? Absolutely, yeah. We had some really significant differences. So uh, while folks in Hobart, for example, might say things like, life's good, I feel relatively safe walking down the street holding my partner's hand, that was absolutely not the case for folks in the northwest. They were still feeling very much um, unsafe in uh, their local communities a lot of the time. Having said that, it depended on which communities that was, right? It, it really did. If there were known people who were homophobic or transphobic in a particular community, those folks were going to have much less feeling safe mm-hmm. uh, experiences. You know, so overall, for instance, we had 48% of people who said that they um, always or sometimes hide their identity for fear of mm. abuse from the public in anywhere. 43% on public transport, 54% mm. um, in cafes, restaurants and pubs. And I'm sort of probably saying that's that's mostly in regional and rural areas in Tasmania. And, and that was, I think, um, supported further by statistics in our survey that said, we don't have enough support and services in those areas, particularly around mental health, right? And we noticed that our, the, the medical um, the medical experiences that people were having were much, much more challenging in those rural and regional areas too. Mm, for sure. Look, it does sound, you know, look, I think that putting just in a way, putting the, the two um, sort of, pieces of research together there's some Mm. similarities coming across we've got summer but we've got things to do some intersectionality such um, are further behind Um, we do know you know metro often does seem to get you know sort of think things you know get done first in metro areas which of course there's no reason to leave our regional rural remote um, siblings behind it does seem that there's patterns emerging which therefore will make it easier for governments at all levels um, yeah. um, federal, state, state slash territory and local to do it. And so huge thanks for all of your team's research skills, which, you know, part of Team Rainbow, so to speak, that uh, make a <laughs> contribution and give us guidance. Um, oh, thanks, Sally. I hope they listen. That's all, you know, that's, that's ultimately what the folks said. They need the government to listen and they can absolutely do great things if they do listen to this research. Well, um, absolutely. That's definitely the case in the Tasmanian research. And I think that rainbow people and allies around the country are hoping that whoever forms the government in six and a half days' time or wherever we are at will do the same, which I'm going to come to um, after we've finished chatting. You can get the – our listeners can um, have a good read and download the um, Just Equal research at equal.org.au and go to Just Equal 2022 election campaign along the bar at the front. Is there a web – a place where people can get the Equality Tasmania results, um, Ange? Absolutely, absolutely. So you can just go to the Department of Communities Tasmania website and there will be a link up there. Um, alternatively, you can Google Dr. Angela Dwyer and <laughs> send me an email and spam me because uh, you can easily find my email online. I'm happy to share as much as possible and, and answer any questions that people have got about it. Too and look, awesome. Sal, can I just say yeah. thank you for taking the time to talk about this in a public space and get the word out there because it's really important that these voices are heard. Thank you, Sal. Oh, you are very, very welcome. A huge pleasure. That's what 3CR is about, um, dare I say, using our Radiothon slogan. We're keeping community strong, and that's 
um, what we're here for. So it's a total win-win. I'll make sure I put links um, where, um, to both of the, the results in the podcast link for today. And thanks hugely for your time today on 3CR. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure to chat with you, Sal. And thanks again. Ange Dwyer from Just Equal Australia and Equality Tasmania um, talking about the Just Equal Federal Election Survey results and Equality Tasmania's life for Rainbow Tasmanians. Well, let's um, leap in. Um, no, no, there ain't no stopping us now, as um, a wrestler's theme music once said. Today we've got two episodes to make up for a few weeks back, when I had a week back, um, on um, from the fabulous crew from Pacific X. So keeping the puns coming, I'm going to do them back-to-back. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. We are PX Fano, a Pacifica LGBTIQ plus podcast created during the COVID-19 pandemic as a voice for our community, informing and promoting good health and keeping our rainbow Fano safe from COVID. This is presented by the Pacific X Collective and produced on Wurundjeri land in the studios of 3CR in Nam, Melbourne. lava. My name is Tony K. Fretton, he, him, they, a Samoan queer living here in Nam, Melbourne, and today I'll be having a chat to Rames Williams. Rames, I'll let you introduce yourself. Talofalava. My name is Rames Williams. My pronouns are he, him. I'm 21 years old. I'm a queer Samoan Chinese living in Nam. Thank you, Rames. It's great to have you with us today. Now, the topic of mental health is a very complex one, and today we're not giving any advice, but thanks to the platform, we'll be able to share just one of the many different stories out there about how people had navigated this uh, throughout COVID. Now, Rames, how was it for you? How did you find it? It was actually really tough for me. Before COVID was in hospitality, I was a receptionist at a hotel. My hotel turned into a hotel quarantine and I said no to to going in because I was scared that I might get COVID. Um, so I was like, no, like I can't get um, the, you know, the government subsidies and stuff. If I go into hospital, I have to pay upfront by myself. That was going to be too much for me. Thank you so much, Rames, for sharing that. I definitely take that for granted in my visa status as a citizen, where I don't need to, to, to think of whether I'm eligible for support services, especially health services and Medicare, when it comes to things like a pandemic and having to navigate that. What were some of the things that gave you hope? Speaking to my friends about the past and then starting to put things in our calendar for the future because that really gave us hope to try and do something as soon as possible one thing that helped me was was facetime like i loved facetime i loved like calling i would always have my airpods in i would always walk around the house with my airpods in talking to people I can definitely relate to that, Rames. I think I had things planned ever since lockdown one. Um, if you could go back and give yourself some advice, what, what would it be? I would say reach out because 
Unfortunately, with the Samoan Chinese community, just like the Chinese community, speaking out about your mental health is actually really is really frowned upon. If we ever go through COVID again, I would probably say to my community, reach out to your chosen family. Chosen family will always be there and always stand by your side. A beautiful way to wrap up our show. Thank you, Rames Williams, for your time today and for sharing with us. For any listeners who may need some crisis support, please call Lifeline on one three one 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 four. Or for anyone in Australia needing support or referral to services about sexuality, identity, gender, bodies, feelings, or relationships, please call Q Life on one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. My name is Tony K. Fretton. It's been a pleasure being with you today. So far, so far. You've been listening to PX Fano with the Pacific X Collective, speaking about keeping COVID safe and what that means to the Pacifica LGBTIQA plus community. For more of the latest information about COVID, go to www.health.gov.au. Listen and download our episodes from 3cr.org.au forward slash pxfano. And to find out more about who we are, go to pacificx.com. Our theme music was produced and recorded by Dina. Catch us again next week on Out of the Pan on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. Alofalava, Malo Elele, Kiorana, Fakalofalahiatu, Kiora, Nisa Bolivinaka, Aloha, Woman Jacka, and Hello. We are PX Fano, a Pacifica LGBTIQ podcast created during the COVID 19 pandemic as a voice for our community, informing and promoting good health and keeping our Rainbow Fano safe from COVID. This is presented by the Pacific X Collective and produced on Wurundjeri land in the studios of 3CR in Nam, Melbourne. Hello, my name is Latoya Hurd, a woman of transgender experience. My pronouns are she, her. Today I have a special guest with me. Her name is Sasha Shadik, and we are going to be talking about sex work during COVID. Hi, Latoya. How are you, Sasha? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on today. No, no problem. So we're going to get straight into it. Can you tell me some struggles and issues you've had during the COVID time, especially with lockdown and having to work as a sex worker? I was very fortunate. I didn't have to go through those struggles. My financial was quite stable because... You know, my elders, trans, um, my mentors has always said you need to save up money for rainy days. And that was the rainy day. So I had some saving. But having said that as well, I do have a lot of regulars as well. Like I'm a semi-retired sex worker. So I do have uh, regulars that I see. But I'm pretty sure there's a lot of others who are struggling, especially brothels workers who can't even work and they don't have any other access to work. So... Yeah, so uh, a couple of my friends who uh, called me and asked me to help them how to do private work, and I eventually helped them. A girl have to make some money and put 
foot on their table. Did you know of any of the girls that may have gone through some struggles? Oh yeah, for sure. Time? There's a lot of them. Like I said, a lot of brothels girls, mm -hmm. um, they went through a lot of struggles because brothels can open their businesses. Even uh, brothels owners were struggling at the time too. So um, it's very unfortunate. But there is a lot of access as well where you can get funds through organization. You send to me one of the organization where um, sex workers can apply and get help from them get materials or money, getting their rent paid. So there was other access to it and which I'm, um, I was very fortunate to have those access, but it wasn't for me, for other girls that really in need. Well, now that things are sort of coming back to a norm, mm -hmm. how have you experienced in getting back into this? The changes I've seen is I didn't have to ask them for their vaccination passport anymore. <laughs> During the lockdown, I usually ask for my regulars with their vaccination passport just yeah. to make sure they are okay and they are healthy because I have to look after myself too. And you know what is the risk that I'm taking and then what if I'm passing it to other people and it's not going to be fair. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, it's part of my job. It's the same like STI. Mm -hmm. is We have to take care of ourselves so we won't pass it to another client. Yeah. So it's the same thing. So, so the changes is now that STI, you still have to go get checked. But with the COVID passport, yeah, I, I've stopped asking them now. Well, thank you so much, Sasha, for this lovely time you spent with me. No problem. And I wish you all the best for the rest of the year. Thank you so and, much. Um, hopefully, we'll get you back on the show sometime. If you require any services, you can call or email Red. They can provide a space to meet or they can meet you at your preferred location. Phone 1-800-458-752. Email sexworker at sexworker.org.au. They operate from Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm. You've been listening to PX Fano with the Pacific X Collective. Speaking about keeping COVID safe and what that means to the Pacifica LGBTIQA plus community, for more of the latest information about COVID, go to www.health.gov.au. Listen and download our episodes from 3cr.org.au forward slash And to find out more about who we are, go to pacificx.com. PX Fano would like to thank the Victorian Government Multicultural Communications Outreach Program for their financial support and the Community Radio Network for getting the program out to you. Our theme music was produced and recorded by Veena. Catch us again next week on Out of the Pan on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. Trans Family is a not-for-profit organization providing a peer support group for loved ones including parents, siblings, extended family, and friends of a trans and gender diverse person. Trans Family runs discussion groups in person and online. We offer a safe space to share your experiences, ask any questions regarding your situation, and provide peer support. We are especially keen to hear from loved ones in regional and rural Victoria. Donations to Trans Family are tax-deductible. For more information, visit transfamily.org.au or look for us on Facebook. Trans Family is a 3CR supporter. We are
3CR's annual Radiothon fundraiser launches in June. We need your financial support to be independent, community-controlled and focused on people rather than profits. Your support during Radiothon keeps the station strong and enables us to give voice to hundreds of people and issues for another year. And remember, any amount you can afford makes a big difference and all donations over $2 are tax-deductible. 3CR Radiothon, show your support during June 2022. 3CR, keep community strong. Two things coming up in our communities of various sorts on 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Uh, trans family for loved ones <clears throat> of trans people aiming to support their um, trans loved one in their journey as best as they can. Um, next Saturday afternoon, um, go to transfamily.org.au, as it said, and Radiothon coming in June. Um, important that we keep the community strong, which is a lead into the last few things I want to say as we are now, um, where is it, between six and seven days away from the federal election, um, because um, it's obviously been a very difficult last few weeks for queer people and trans and gender diverse people in particular and family members of trans and gender diverse with the horrible dialogue, as we would see it, that has been going around this predetermined um, campaign strategy imported from overseas. And there's going to be considerable considerable anxiety leading up to Saturday night because um, I have to be very careful about what I say in a broadcast election period. But um, you know the results, I think it is fair to say, are critical for trans people for the next three years as to what happens. Um, and that's about probably as much as I can say. And I appreciate that there will be um, you know heightened anxiety with people concerned about the results until the lead up and then, well, depending on what it is, there's going to be, um, you know, sort of huge um, responses. So just again, I'm going to throw in all the um, numbers for QLife, including switchboard around this country, 1800 184 527, Rainbow Door 1800 729 367 for the phone and SMS 0480-017-246. Um, make sure that um, those numbers are at hand if you are in distress or reach out to someone. It's certainly been a difficult time. I have to say that, um, you know, I felt incredibly frustrated and at times I'll say, I've, I'll say as a person, obviously to hear this nonsense is upsetting and, um, you know, leads to senses of upset and anger. Um, you know, it's sort of managed, it's a matter of sort of trying to do what I can to maintain a sense of feeling grounded and whatever that is, whether it's exercise or deep breaths or switching off from social media, whatever you need to do to do self-care first. Um, but I do want to say to our trans community that I think um, the strength that many trans people have shown throughout the last six to eight weeks has been amazing. Um, I think that we've managed to stand up very, very strongly, and I do hope that um, you know. Um, I'll say, I'll say for now, regardless of what happens next Saturday, um, that um, we will continue to do so, and we will have the support of allies. I'm not a counsellor. I'm not a health professional, but um, 
I do want to say that um, we can stand together. We will get through. And um, obviously, as I say, there could be different outcomes depending on the election result, which I can talk about more freely once we're out of electoral broadcasting period next week, hoping to also put together some information about that on next week's program. Um, So please, people, um, take care, um, hang in there and all that sort of thing. It's not been an easy time. Um, It's difficult to know what to say. I mean... Of course, I'm not going to tell anyone how to vote. You heard from the Just Equal Australia survey today, which um, looked in-depth. There are only a couple of answers thus far from candidates or parties on their website. Try to find out what, I'll just say, try to find out what information you can about if LGBTIQA plus policies are important. You find out not just where parties stand, but where your particular candidates stand um, on issues, what their views are. But also there is something you can do. You might find that whilst you want to support Party X in the Senate, where you have to put at least 12 votes down, um, you might find there's a better um, candidate um, that to support within your party. Not to say that the others are worse, but they might be really strongly queer allied. You might find out that their, um, you know, their loved one is a trans person or something and think that might be a good voice to have in Parliament. So that's something um, you could do. Um, you know, as well. The thing I'm saying is use your vote carefully, both um, in terms of the reps, where you have to fill out um, all preferences. And so be aware of where some minor parties stand. They can sometimes possibly say one thing and mean another. Um, And, you know, make sure you number your preferences carefully. But below the line in the Senate, if you want to do that, um, you know, sort of... um, you can do that carefully, and as I say, you only have to do at least 12 um, in the Senate. Don't have to do all 73 or whatever it is in your state or territory if you have that many, which often is the case. So please, um, t- I think take care is a good way to look at it. Um, wow. Um, so, yeah, it's been a very difficult period, but we will at least have, at least let's say, at least have some direction by this time next Sunday, I hope to have all the news for you and maybe more. I'll um, see what we can do about that um, and make sure that um, we um, you know, have lots of thoughts in there. Um, thanks once again to Ange Dwyer, our guest on the show today, talking about um, the Just Equal survey and the Equality Tasmania results. And um, podcast um, will, of course, be up. And make sure you can listen now. Listen to On Demand for four weeks um, on 3CR's website for all the various program pages um, in case you are busy, busy, busy and are needing to catch up on shows or just having a, a sleep in or you go away and you run out of internet dial-up download or something like that. Um, so really important um, that you're aware of all of those um, approaches. Freedom of Species coming up next, and of course, thanks to the crew from out of the blue. I still think, um, although it's 21 degrees expected maximum in Melbourne today, you will need a web a wetsuit to, um, if you're going diving deep for anything marine, um, um, you're a braver person than I am, um, as they say. And so, thank you so much for listening today. Thanks again to Ange Dwyer for um, her update on research skills. And, yeah, next week, all the election news. Um, Look after yourself during the week, um, everybody, um, particularly queer and trans and allied people. Um, And, yeah, be in next week with all the news. 
Take it out today because we're within seven days of the election with Jimmy Barnes covering the Bob Dylan track of that name, Seven Days. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. 